Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. It's always good to be joined by my good friend. Say hello to Jim Barrier. Hi, Bob. I'm kind of in a somber frame of mind right now. I'm still reeling from the midterms, and we're going to talk about that some tonight. You mean the midterm selections? I mean elections? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll, you'll have plenty of thoughts on that. But I want, you know, I was sitting here just kind of praying and thinking, getting ready for the show, and and a thought popped into my head. Now, this is very cliche, and I usually don't like it when people say stuff like this. But I, I feel compelled to say this. God is still on the throne. With the, the disappointment, discouragement, and various things that might hit our emotions, God is still on the throne. He may not be occupying the Oval Office right now, but all... He is. Unfortunately, there's a lot of other yeah. people that are going to be on the throne for well, the next four years, too. Unfortunately. But he is over all authority. And Jesus himself said... Herod, you would have no authority unless it was given to you. And so I have to find some consolation in the reality that God is on the throne and the king of the universe. And let's reflect a little bit on this past week's events. And I think you've heard me say this in a, a texting conversation with some of the guys, but that red wave wasn't even big enough to body surf on. Unless there uh, was a red wave and... Things were so fraudulent. and You know, what's interesting is if you look at the red states where the elections were done the correct way, Republicans did very well. It's, where, it's, yes, and where I live in particular, and I want to go into detail about that in a little bit. Nevertheless, the result of the whole thing was really disappointing for a lot of folks. And yeah. I remember, well, you know, going into this for a couple of months, people I knew said, hey, it's going to be a typhoon. They're going to take the House. They're going to take the Senate. And we're going to storm back. And unfortunately, that was not the result. Well, uh, I always uh, added the caveat, if it's a fair election. And since it wasn't in 2020, yeah. I didn't know yeah. what the results would be, Jim. I didn't know what they would get away with. But of course, I knew they would try. It worked before. Why wouldn't they try it again? They've been emboldened. Yeah. Plus, they have this yeah, new been... narrative out there that if you challenge the election, you're now an election denier and a traitor to your country. And yet the Democrats challenged the election the entire Four years Donald Trump was in office, calling him an illegitimate president, saying he stole it from China. When they do it, it's democracy in action. When we do it, we're election deniers and traitors to our country. And now, who's going to open their mouths up now? They're afraid the FBI might be at their door. Yeah, and I figure, and you've been saying things like that for months. I'm not even saying it was prophetic. I think it was just educated wisdom looking at the situation and looking at history. But here we are. At this point, it looks like the Democrats got the Senate. There's still one voter, but that's going to be a runoff. Like I that. wouldn't be surprised if they take the House, too, Jim, in the same way. That, that's what I'm Now, saying. some of those I, I, races remaining for the House are in red districts, which may be watching more carefully. But I'm not even hopeful we're going to take the House. We might. And if so, it'll be a small consolation prize. So I hope that's the case. Yeah. But I'm certainly not confident of that. No, I'm not either. And six of those that are still remaining that are being led by Republicans are in your state of California, and that doesn't bode well. 
Well, it might if it's a red. It is harder for them to yeah. cheat in the congressional races because each district is separate and run by separate officials. The bigger races, yeah. it's easier for them to do. Who knows? But look at the disconnect. For instance, look at the governor who won the race in Nevada. The senator, the Republican senator in Nevada, was over two points ahead just two days ago. Suddenly, I heard on the news, oh, we discovered all kinds of ballots. There's yeah. all kinds of new yeah. ballots that we just, the minute I heard that, I said, okay, maybe he's two points yep. ahead now, but the Democrat's going to win in the end. Now, why did I know that? Yep. Like you said, I'm not a prophet. A trained chimpanzee could have made that prediction. Yeah, yeah. Not uh, unlike the trained food. chimpanzee we have in the Oval Office right now. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was too busy laughing to myself that, yeah, that's what we've got there. Well, let's reflect. I want to give a few things for the listeners about the midterms. And this one just, I cannot wrap my head around how this happens. Squad members, Alexandria, Occasional Cortex, Elin Amar, Rashida Tlaib, Ayanna Presley, Corey Bush, and Jamal Bowen. The list has grown, by the way, of the squad members. All of them were reelected. All of these people who have spewed anti-American, anti-Israel, they all got reelected. That's because uh, what they're spewing has become fashionable. Yeah, but it looks dim. It reflects poorly on the character of America and American voters. Well, um, that's putting it mildly. There is some good news. Stacey Abrams was defeated, and my personal favorite politician to dislike, Christians aren't supposed to hate, but we are supposed to hate evil, so maybe... <laughs> are you talking about Beto O'Dork in uh, Beto! Texas? <laughs> Beto the Lino. Oh, big surprise that he lost. The only question is, what's he going to run for next? Dog catcher? Well, you know what? Maybe hall monitor somewhere? It was way closer than it ever should have been. I can't believe he got the number of votes that he did. Well, that's true. Uh, I can't believe anybody would vote for that guy. You're right about that. It was closer than it should have been. Yeah, and that, that disturbs me about the state that I live in. So anyway, those are a few things that happened with the very extreme, extreme left-wing people. A bunch of them won, but, but a couple of them lost and should have. And, and this brings me to this point. As much good as Donald Trump did as president, it, he revived the economy. In fact, the economy was better than it's ever been. Border security, he made three Supreme Court appointments, which arguably led to the overturn of Roe v. Wade. Uh, he did... The marvelous things leading this country. And if we could have just kept him in the Oval Office and away from microphones and cameras and stuff, he might still be president. But his inflammatory style, I know it's style, it's his personality, but he's alienated people, even some Republicans. Case in point, days before the election, he calls the governor of Florida... Ron DeSantis. Yes, and I, I just finished doing a whole podcast about that, and I really wished yeah, he had yeah. not done that. But how many times have I said that? I wish he hadn't said that. I think he cost himself the election in the debates, and he just he made a fool of himself, I felt. He could have just used logic and facts and debated with Biden, who had nothing to say. Biden is so empty. But no, he had to talk over him and be rude and obnoxious. All the things that we all love about him or hate about him. Anyway, uh, I think he hurt the party this time around. Especially when it's somebody on his own party that has his own values. I mean, we've made sport of Biden, but Biden is doing evil things. But when somebody on your own team, in your own primary, who stands for the same values as you do, and you make disparaging remarks just to get the nomination, that's not a good way to get there. No, that was really not 
not a good thing. However, none um, of that has anything to do with why we're in the position where, and I'm hearing Republicans trying to blame Donald Trump and we become yeah, the party yeah. of Donald Trump. We have some soul searching to do. We were off message. What off message? We don't want to end your energy. We don't want to open up the borders. We don't want to let criminals out of jail without bail. We don't want to have a woke education for your kids where little third grade boys are told that they're really girls. Is that the message they're ashamed of having? That's not the problem. The problem is that this thing was stolen. And I think it is sketchy. I think it's questionable. But I do think there is something about the image that Trump has portrayed and that the, the liberals have taken that and said, see, that they're the terrorists, they're the MAGA, they're dangerous. They can, and, they and, can uh, say that, Jim, but when the party of infanticide wants to go after a president because of the way he tweets or the nicknames he gives people, I'm sorry, I don't like the nicknames either. Like I said, I don't. But boy, yeah. we need some perspective here. Yeah. Well, I agree with you completely. We've talked about this a lot, but it's about perception and it's what the media spins and it's what's unfortunately ignorant, uneducated people who go to a ballot and vote. They hear this stuff and they go, oh, yeah, I, you know, we've talked about these stories. I've had people people tell me things about Trump and I'll say, where did you get that? I don't know. This is what I read on Facebook or where they say, well, he's a jerk. OK, fine. What did he do as president that you hated? Well, he's, you know, he's, he's rude, he's mean, tweets, he's sick. But all of that is about perception, and that's what has hurt him. And people who get associated with him have paid a price for it. Here's a few, okay, Carrie Lake, Dr. Oz were high-profile Trump-backed candidates. They lost. Wait a minute, again, did, you, you can say, did you already hear that Carrie Lake has lost? I have not heard that news yet. Uh, oh, well... I believe the, Senate, the senator I, I lost, and she's behind. Anyway, another one, Herschel Walker, who he should have run away with that election. You know, in well, Georgia, look how many uh, points the governor, the Republican governor, ran by. Well, that's the thing, Jim. When we see that kind of disparity, yeah. we have to believe that yeah. that many people voted for a Republican governor, but then they didn't vote for the uh, senator, as if they don't know uh, the vast gulf of difference between the ideologies of a Republican and a Democrat these days. You know what, Bob? I'm afraid. And this is true even among people who vote Republican. I'm afraid they don't understand the ideologies and they don't know what they're up against. Well, um, that's certainly true yeah. for a lot of them. Yeah, and I think there was a lot of people whining about, well, we had a poor turnout, whatever the case. And we have had conservatives complaining about some of this dope that they dug up on Herschel Walker's past. And I, I want to say to my Christian friends, A, we're supposed to be forgiving. B... What matters in elections are the policies. I don't really care about a person's past. I care what he's going to do when he goes to Washington. I mean, this is not rocket science. This is something where people should be able to connect the dots a little better. But, you know, as long as I can remember, back to the first televised debates with Kennedy and Nixon, and it's about perception, it's about image, and people vote for the celebrity in someone, which is why I'm surprised that Herschel couldn't get elected because he's popular, he, he was a football star, and they dug up some dirt. Now, if he wants to play their And it's game, not like they didn't have some dirt on his opponent, too. I mean, who are we oh, kidding? Oh, my gosh. But, but the media is not going to report it. The mainstream media is not going to report those stories. The, the, guy's got, there's all the guy's own wife said he ran her over in his car, right? I mean, not yeah. her, but like her foot. Yeah, yeah. But they're not going to play. They only, it's just a one-way street, as you know. So, uh, anyway, we... There's a lot of disappointment in the wake of this red wave.
Now, we did have a yeah. wave in some places, though. We certainly well, had we a did. tsunami in Florida and across the country, even in blue states, all kinds of people were getting fired from their school boards because of the woke agenda, which well, is yeah, very good things, news. Yeah. And there's the other disconnect. Who would go in there understanding those issues and then continue voting for the Democratic candidates that were emboldening such people? Well, That's and, what makes us smell a rat. Those are, yeah, those are on local levels where it's a smaller amount of people and parents, particularly, can mobilize and they can do something on, on local levels about school boards and things like that. And that is encouraging that that's happening. I don't know if I'm ready to call it a grassroots movement, but it's certainly something that needs to be taken care of because the education system in this country is horrific. Well, it's, it's one of the few silver linings of what did happen last week. Yeah, so we, it, we yeah, do want to report the positive as well as the negative here. Yeah. Yeah. So that that is a good thing. I want to talk about some of the firsts that took place in this election. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, The only good one on this list is Sarah Huckabee Sanders was the first woman governor in Arkansas. And and, uh, she was a shoe in. I never had any doubt that she would pull that out. But, but that's a, you know, it's a good thing. You know, it's a first. And she deserves it. She's a good woman. I like her dad. Yeah, Yeah, I like Huckabee. I like, yeah, I do like her. Now, here's the other firsts. Uh-huh. Kathy Hochul became the first woman elected governor of New York. Now, she took over when Cuomo had resigned, and so she did get reelected. So and to her credit, woman. to her credit, she has almost done as abysmal a job as Cuomo in the uh-huh. short time she's uh-huh. been. She hasn't yet taken COVID patients out of the hospital and shipped them into convalescent uh-huh. homes. She hasn't gone that far uh-huh. yet, but she's come pretty no, close, she, pretty close. Yeah, and that's something. That's quite a, that's quite a low bar to set for someone. Here's another one. Wes Moore became the first black man to be elected governor in Maryland, which makes him just the third black governor in the history of this country. So that's a first. Squad back Summer Lee became the first black woman to represent Pennsylvania in Congress. Mara Healy was elected as the first woman and openly gay governor of Massachusetts. Becca Ballett became the first woman and openly gay congressperson in Vermont. James Reznor in Vermont is the first trans man elected to state legislature. What that means is he was born male but identifies as a Democrat. In case <laughs> you didn't know it. <laughs> uh, you see a pattern? And let me give you this last one. This one is mind-boggling for me. 25-year-old. Maxwell Alejandro Frost is the first member of Gen Z. That's people born from the 90s to the 2010s. The first Gen Z person to be elected to Congress. Now, here's a little bit of information about Max. He will represent Florida's 10th district. He was born to a Haitian man and a Puerto Rican woman of Lebanese descent, adopted by a Cuban immigrant who is married to a white man from Kansas. Wow, he's a walking United Nations, isn't he? But get this. He identifies as Afro-Cuban. How do you get Afro from Puerto Rico, Lebanon, Haiti, Cuba, and Kansas? Well, that's Yeah, that's the oh. other thing. If somebody's black, they call them African-American. They may not even be from Africa. Yeah. I, Toto, I have a feeling we're not really in Kansas. <laughs> I don't... Yeah. There was a movie... <laughs> way back in the 60s. And the theme song was done by Max Frost and the Troopers called Nothing Can Change the Shape of Things to Come. And the, the film 
a crazy movie. Uh, the plot of it was don't trust anybody over 30. So these kids took over the country. Very strange. Anyway, uh, Max Frost also is the name of this Gen Z person who was elected to Congress. Here's his credentials. He has worked for Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, the anti-gun March for Our Lives, and the ACLU. Say hello to the future of America. And he got elected in Florida, you said? Yeah, Max Frost. Yeah, Florida's 10th district. Yeah, which for the most part, Florida did good, but there's always that exception to the rule. I'm going to have to do some work with this. Max Frost and the troopers. It's so ironic, but it's kind of troubling that the background this guy has. And, and he's saying he, he identifies as Afro-Cuban. There's not a bit of African well, blood. I don't care him. about that, but I care about the fact that he worked for Bernie Sanders and people like that. All of, all of that. But I was thinking, you know, I always call Beto the Lino because he's Latino in name only. Maybe I'm going to have to call Max uh, <laughs> an IFO. Uh, African in name only. <laughs> well, but I'm these sorry. days you don't even have to make a case. All he has to do is say, I identify as being African. And right, that, yeah, yeah, we've had... If a man had, can identify uh, as being American a woman, Indian. somebody else can identify uh-huh. as being African, no matter where he was born. Well, that, that's the kid, uh, James Reznor in Vermont. He's the trans man. If any, he really should have run... For My favorite was a number of years ago where a guy said, I'm a male lesbian. That means I'm a woman trapped in a man's body, and as a man, I'm attracted to women. I mean, it's just nuts. I, you know, I, t- I, I can tell you what that guy's problem is, but that's another show. That'll be another show. Now, I want to circle back. <laughs> I can't say that word. Are you auditioning to become press secretary, Jim? Yeah, Circling yeah, back? Yeah, yeah. But I want to come back to this whole Trump-DeSantis thing. I would much rather see Ron DeSantis run for president in 2024. I would, too, except for my concern that the Trump groupies, not people who voted for Trump like you or me, but Trump groupies who think Trump can do no wrong. If Trump has a bruised ego and we lose a lot of those groupies, that could be problematic. But on its face, I do agree that DeSantis would be a better candidate. He's every bit as much of a fighter and stands for the same conservative values, but he knows how to make a case. Oh, I love the guy. I love what he's been doing. The problem is this. Whether it's him or Trump or somebody else, when the dust settles, they might be winning it on election night when I go to bed, but I'll wake up in the morning and all those mysterious boxes of ballots will show like up. Ma- it's like an Easter egg hunt. First you go out and you hide yeah. your own Easter eggs, and then you go and you look for them the next morning. It's magic. Yeah. By the way, when we talk like this, and I, I, I tend to line up with you on this, now people are labeling... The ones who question the election. We're the radicals. We're the conspiracy theorists. We're the. Let them you know, say what they the want people. about me. We had all. I couldn't stand Barack Obama. I voted against him twice. When he won, I never claimed yeah. that the Democrats stole the election. Even yeah. if maybe yeah. they did, there was no evidence that they did. We have the evidence now. So that's the difference. Yeah. But, but you know what I'm saying? Again, the perception, the media. And the ultra-lib people are labeling us as that we're the ones that are unhinged. A fair warning to you. Yeah, it's it's never a problem when they do it. Stacey Abrams claimed for years that she was the true governor of Georgia. Once again, Uh, for four years, Donald Trump was an illegitimate president. When after two weeks of the 2020 election, people were still questioning the results, they were called traitors and election deniers. People are going to label you, my friends, no matter what you do. You may as well just do what you believe in your conscience is right. Forget the focus groups, forget the polls, forget putting your finger to the wind. Don't worry about the editorial 
editorial, the New York Times will write about you. They're not going to like you no matter what you do. You may as well just do what is right. You know, that's true for those of us with holy values. It's actually a basic truth about being a follower of Christ. You know, Jesus said the world didn't like me. They're not going to like you. In fact, he said hate it. And so don't be surprised when these things happen. And I'm not saying that all Republicans are Christians. Or well, I'm not either. And I'm not a Republican anyway. I'm an independent. I'm very unhappy I with know. the Republicans these days. Uh, I, I think they're well, a bunch of walking too, wusses. I, and I thought about changing my registration to independent, but then in the primaries, what do you do? How does it work for you? You can't. No, uh, it, it is rather, a problem. Well, not in California's primaries anymore. They give everybody the Democrat ballot, right? <laughs> Well, California has this thing now called the jungle primary, so it's a non-issue. But yes, it was true that a number of years ago, that was one disadvantage. But I'm more comfortable calling myself an independent, although I'm not the kind of independent that has no values and has no idea up till three days before the election who he's going to go and vote for. And then he watches a debate and based on the way somebody wore their tie or who smiled the most or who came off as that presidential. That's not the kind of independent that I am. An independent that really thinks independently, that's a little different. And so I'm going to just take a guess here. You also would not describe yourself as a libertarian. I am very sympathetic to their wanting as little government control as possible, but they right. go a little bit too far when they want to legalize drugs and when they start supporting abortion, because then you have to ask about the libertarian concerns for the unborn life. So they push it too far. So I'm not a libertarian. I am sympathetic on some levels to libertarians. Thank you for clearing that up. And I would say pretty much the same thing. And I also, probably in my lifetime, there's not going to be an independent candidate run for president that I will vote for because they don't stand a chance. We are in a binary system. Even if I like them, yeah, um, all they do is take the conservative vote and split it up. Yeah, yeah, that, and that's happened here. We had this fellow, Ross Perot, in this state. And there were some likable things about him, but he stole votes from the Republican candidate, and it, and it bothers me. Now, let's talk about some good things that happened last Tuesday night. One, congratulations to our friend, Dr. Everett Piper, who's been on this show, for being elected in Osage County in Oklahoma, commissioner for District 1. Happy for him. And he's another one. He's a, he's a solid guy, and I think he'll do a good job. Here in the state that I live, I almost said my home state, but you know I'm from San Diego. I am a Californian, but I transplanted before it was Vogue. <laughs> There was some good news here in the state of Texas. Governor Greg Abbott, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, and Attorney General Ken Paxton were all reelected. And we talked about Abbott beating Beto. Those are all three solid guys. I've met all three of them. They're all Christians, solid Christians and solid conservatives. The other side really got into some mudsling and tried to tear these guys down. And I know better about these guys, but I was happy that they all got elected. And in fact, this was something. Every statewide office in Texas was won by a Republican. Not every single person that ran for something, but statewide offices, where the whole state is voting on one office, railroad commissioner, things like that. Every one of them that was, was up. So there uh, were red waves in places 
And most yeah, of them and, were places yeah. where the elections were run fairly. Yeah, Texas. And I would Florida say that in Texas results. and Florida, the Democrats that won there won fairly. Hear that, everybody? Democrats, yeah, when I, they run in states that run fair elections, that ask for ID, all that stuff, yeah. if the Democrat wins, I will concede fair and square. It's when we see a lot of yeah. shenanigans that we're pointing things out. Yeah, uh, that's the deal. Did you hear the story? They were sending uh, agents down to uh, monitor and to watch over the voting polls. And DeSantis sent them home. He said, we've got our own people. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Abbott is much like that, too. My friend, I mentioned him before, Mark DeRazio, a good friend of mine. I've known him for 30 years, was elected state representative in District 122 here in Texas. Uh, and this is his platform. And I know this guy. He's a solid believer. He uh, works with the Justice Foundation, who... Uh, you're familiar with. His platform was this. One, pro-life. Do away with abortion. Two, border security. Make it a criminal offense that's punishable by law to come into the country illegally, which it's supposed to be that way. Three, lower taxes. And four, keep Washington out of Texas. I love this man. And he won it's a great story. The person before him is very much in favor of term limitations. So after three terms, he said, I'm not running for re-election. And so there were four or five people that ran on the Republican ticket to, to take his place. And in the first round, Mark came in second. And nobody got 50%, so they had a runoff. Mark won the runoff and got the Republican ticket. And then he beat his Democrat opponent. And now he's going to work in the state legislature. And, and I'm so proud of him. He's a man of integrity, and he will vote his conscience. He will vote the way he said he would. He will represent the people that voted for him. And he will stand for these things that he's talked about. He isn't just one of those guys that wanted to get into power. Truth is, he's got a business and a family, and it's not like he doesn't have other things he could do with his time. But he's kind of the type of individual that the system was supposed to be about, a local person who's going to represent people of his community. So I'm very proud of Mark DeRazio. I don't know if he'll go any further. I don't think he considers himself a career politician. He's not a politician at all. In fact, when you see him, he's this, he's this guy in, in jeans and a flannel shirt and a pickup truck. You know, he's a great guy. And it's the first time in my life I actually campaigned for a candidate on any level for any office, and I was very proud to be associated with him. So we do have some good news here yeah. tonight. Yeah, yeah. So there was a bit of a red wave here in Texas, but here's the difficulty for me. That's countered out by the liberal tide in California. I can't believe you guys reelected Nebuchadnezzar. I say you guys. You're, you're well, maybe we did and maybe we didn't. In that case, so many of the people that can't stand him left the state that who knows, maybe the people that are still here really reelected him. But they did so you know, much it, fraudulent uh, cheating in that yeah. recall. Uh -huh. There were all kinds of Democrats and independents in the polls that were ready to get rid of that guy. Once again, you see those kinds of disconnects. You have to really raise your eyebrows. You know what scares me more? He's To me, he's worse than Biden in this. He's not senile. He actually is making choices and, and knows what he's saying, and I, he scares me. So yeah, anyway, just like Biden back. before he got senile still made horrible yeah. choices, because sometimes it's not yeah. about senility, it's about pure evil. Yeah, I'm concerned about your state. Now, there's always been a bunch of talk here for the last few years 
Californians bailing out and moving to Texas. You see billboards up and stuff here. Don't bring your California stuff here. Uh, you know, you left there to come here because you didn't like there. Don't make here well, there. Again, you get that disconnect in people's minds. They know that it got harder yeah. to live in California. It never occurred to them that maybe it was because of the politicians they were electing. And that can explain why Beto got some of the votes that he did. That it migration could. of people from California going to your state. Someone just recently suggested something to me, and I thought it might have some weight. And that's that conservatives are leaving California because they're outnumbered, they don't stand a chance, and they can't stand the politics there. And we welcome conservatives to the state of Texas. So if you live in California, if you're in San Diego there and you're a conservative and you want out, well, by all means, come on down. Come on down. And it's just that the liberals vote. want out, too. They just don't understand what the real problem is. Nah, well, you know, no, they don't. But I was encouraged by the things that happened here in the state of Texas. And again, that trades off from what takes place in places like California. Even, you know, in Florida, where you had DeSantis and Rubio won, and there's a strong movement down there. But then you go up to New England, and the liberals are out of control. Some of the people that I mentioned earlier, some of the first-timers that we have, they're all up there. They're, you know, in Vermont and in Massachusetts and places like that. And so it kind of balances out. The country is still pretty split, uh, and a lot of it is geographical. And really, uh, a lot of the liberal power is in the cities, New York, Los Angeles, uh, San Francisco, rural America, middle America. Those people still have some sense and values, I think, to a great degree. Yeah, upstate but, New uh, York's very different than New York City. Yeah, 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 definitely. So we have this thing. We're going to be fighting it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if there's light at the end of the tunnel. I think, I don't know, we've said earlier, whoever's going to run in 2024, whoever it is, I don't know if they stand a chance running on the Republican ticket, because when all is said and done, we can't be guaranteed that things are being done fair, properly, legally, and all the rest of it. Well, we could be guaranteed if the Republicans would get off their butts and start pushing for election reform. But they're going to have to have some guts and not care about people calling them an election denier. They're going to want to keep bringing back January 6th and rubbing it in everybody's face. They have to stop being afraid of that. Yeah, and gosh, can I use the term fake news? You know, there's just so much stuff. There's so much propaganda out there. And people are overwhelmed with that. And, and you have to do a little bit of homework. You have to do a little bit of research to get down to what, what the facts are and what the truth is on some of these issues. And I'm just afraid that there's an awful lot of people that are, that are too lazy to do that. So I want people to vote, but I want them to be educated about what they're voting on. And I want them to vote their conscience not their emotions. There's a big difference between your conscience and your emotion. And I do a lot of teaching on that stuff. We live in a very emotional society. And that's what all of this stuff, you know, all of the cancel culture, all this, we hurt my feelings. A friend of mine who's actually there in San Diego, I was talking to him one of my last trips out there, and he said, I feel like people in our country are brittle. They break easy. And you just, just bump them and they fall into pieces. And I thought, that's a great description. As Christians, certainly, we just cannot afford to be that way. We need to be sensitive, but we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We need to be sensitive to the Word of God and, and not let people manipulate us emotionally with their whining and crying and temper tantrum and all of these kind of things. It's going to be a massive effort to try to turn things around. And I don't know if we'll see it or when we'll see it. 
I don't like to be negative and cynical and a conspiracy theorist, but I also am not a Pollyanna. And and some of you have to look those things up to see what it means. But I'm concerned about our nation's future. I guess that's what I'm getting to here. The Republicans are not going to take the Senate. The House still hangs in the balance. There's no guarantee that there's no guarantee of the House. And if they have the House, they're not going to be able to change any legislation. They could maybe defund some legislation. What the House could do is open up some investigations into Biden being beholden into China because they were blackmailing him about Hunter, things like that, in de-weaponizing the FBI and Justice Department. That they could do. And I talked about Republicans in the abstract. There are some people like Jim Jordan and Matt Gates that have been willing to go out there and wage fights. There there are are. some exceptions. Well, the biggest thing for me, and it (laughs) would be getting the gavel out of Nancy's hand. You you know, know. that alone might just make it worth it, even if they're unable to accomplish anything. I'm so tired of her. That would make me want to go out and do a jig. It really would. Yeah. If it happens, if somehow the Republicans are able to take the House back and take the gavel out of Nancy's hand, I'm going to talk to Brandon and have him play Ding Dong the Witch. Yeah, just so we've we've done that before on this show with other elections. Otherwise, we have to listen to her glove. The American people have oh. spoken. Oh. Democracy oh. is safe. It would be worth it just know. to avoid that. I think I have more disdain for her than even the so-called president. Nancy is uh, she just troubles me. I think there's. She reminds me of a queen in the Old Testament named Jezebel. Look that one up. For me, she's a photo finish with some of the others, but certainly I cannot stand her. So I would love to see her out of power, or at least the power she wields with that gavel. It turns my stomach sometimes to see her up there gloating. And the time when she ripped the president's speech down the middle, those kind of things. Yeah, what a high class act that was. Yeah, yeah. So I won't miss her if they're able to pull that off. So we're done voting for now. I voted, you voted. Now there, there will still be runoff. The most high-profile one is the Herschel Walker one, and I don't think he's going to win. Well, there's uh, nothing at stake anymore. Let's say he wins. It's now 50-50, and Kamala Harris is the tiebreaker. However, exactly. they, they might be able to influence some of those so-called blue dog Democrats, of which I don't think they really exist anymore. But there's well, a few of them. Of those that exist, there's, for every one of those, there's a Romney. On, and you know, a Lisa Murkowski. By the way, one of the most yeah. disgraceful things in this race was... Mitch McConnell pouring money into Alaska that had this horrible primary where we now have, as a result of it, two Republicans running against each other, one conservative, one Lisa Murkowski, which who votes for the Democrats many, many times. Yeah, McConnell yeah, pours yeah. his money into that instead of Republicans that could have won a seat from a Democrat. Absolutely yeah. disgraceful. I would have yeah, loved he, to have he, seen them get that gavel away from Mitch McConnell, too. Yeah, yeah, me too. Bob Siegel Show podcast is a production of Bob Siegel and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash bob.